This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Today, lead pastor Eric Parks begins a new two-part series titled, This is Christmas? Hey, Heartland. I'm so glad that you're joining in whatever way that you're joining, whether you're holding a phone or you're watching this on a TV. We're so, so grateful that you're tuning in. And especially over the next two weeks, we're launching a brand new series that starts this week. And we're asking the question, it's Christmas? Because it feels like this year has been one of those years where everything seems off, like totally strange, um, way different. And I think that's probably true for all of us in this room and all of you at home that Christmas just feels different uh, this year. And, and so we're going to look at like, how do we live through a Christmas that is fundamentally different and yet in so many ways isn't all that different at all? So um, I asked some of my friends to step in the room, and um, we're going to talk about Christmas and um, kind of look at, well, is it Christmas? And what does this mean for you and I? And so if you have your Bibles, you know, we've been having this challenge. That's what this is. Um, bring it. Everybody has it. Everybody has their Bible. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you um, pull them out. You can flip right now to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be diving into that. But here, here is... Um, here, here's a question. This side of the room is not going to be able to answer, but I was thinking about like um, expectancy, right? Like especially at Christmas time when you think about gifts and how expectant we can be. And for whatever reason, it popped in my head pregnancy. I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, third trimester. Now, I've never been pregnant. None of this room has either. Um, but um, so like third trimester, it feels like, you know, so this is Chrissy. This is my wife. Um, so I asked her to join in. So let me ask you this. Uh, you ladies that have been pregnant, when you think about uh, uh, third trimester, describe third trimester in three words or less. Oh, God. You're the newest mama. I so was. You. I was I was third trimester last year um, at Christmas time. Um, so it was... Oh, really? Yeah. At Christmas time? Yeah, oh, at Christmas time. Awesome. So, um, So it was, I would say, weird and exciting. Yeah. One more weird. No, Super weird, weird and exciting. It is a weird strange thing to grow a human. Weird and exciting. Yeah, yeah. Three, words. three words. You nailed it. it. Yeah, I got it down. Three yeah. Chrissy, three, three words. Uh, fun. And exciting. Did, do, at, was third trimester when you were, though, done being pregnant? Did you feel at any point like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready not to, to be pregnant anymore? I'm ready to see the baby? I'm ready to... Well, I feel like Graham was such a huge baby that I was definitely ready <laughs> to deliver that baby. He was a big kid. He had a giant baby. head. Still has a huge head. I yeah. love it. I love you, Graham. You just have a big head. Yeah. I mean, I, so I was very ready with Graham because I just, he was just such a big baby. But I loved, I loved being, I loved the third trimester. You did. Well, I feel like um, I remember third trimester. I remember how Graham would stick his heel out and you could, you, you're trying to figure out, we didn't know if it was his heel or not, but he would like, you could really see the heel. And for me, like I was thinking, um, I want to see this kid. I want to know like, mm. What color hair? What's the face gonna look like? What they gonna be like? You, you, oh, yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Do you feel that? I think it was more, I remember being, because we had to schedule our delivery. Not we, because I didn't give birth. <laughs> but, but Amy yes. definitely had to schedule it. But I was there. <laughs> I was there for it. 
And I think it was like, oh, wow, this is for real. Mm-hmm. Like in a few hours from now, this is, I'm going to have a child. Yeah. That was, that was probably for, you know, for our first kid. I think mm-hmm. it was that exciting slash there's no stopping this. What the heck did we get ourselves into? Yeah. <laughs> there is no st- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah, there's no Yeah, there's no Yeah, turning yep. this ship. That's kind of how it felt. <laughs> well, I was thinking about, um, you know, when you think about uh, expectancy, that idea that, that, that childbirth brings this expectancy about this new life that you're bringing into your family, I was thinking about the Christmas story, and, and then I was also thinking about the nation of Israel as a whole. Because if you think about expectation, yeah. this is the Christmas story. Not necessarily even when you look at Mary, but as a whole. Um, it is a story of a nation that was, had been expectant. Like something is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Somehow we're going to get delivered. If you look at Genesis chapter 12, it says um, this is when there's this promise to the nation that they're going to be a great nation. They had this promise that had been set out like all these years ago. And when we find the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1, it is an entire nation that is like expectant, like ready definitely in the third trimester. It's been way longer than nine months. It had been hundreds of years. And so we're going to look at how did the nation of Israel, how did they deal with expectancy? How do we deal with expectancy, especially when the wait is longer than we expected, when it doesn't happen the way that we wish that it would, when life doesn't go the way that we hope that it would. What does that mean for us? Um, I'm hugely indebted to Andy Stanley because he's a genius and who isn't um, in this in this talk. Um, before we dive in, we, Sharma, will you just say a quick prayer for everybody at home, um, for all of us right now? Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you give us insight, wisdom to understand your word and better navigate through these times that we're in. We just ask for your strength, your wisdom, and knowledge in all that we do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so of your, of your um, senses, what do you think are the two senses that probably for you dictate most of your experiences? Mm. That's hard. Well, I think sight for sure. Yeah. For sure, sight. Yeah. Yep. I think the other two is between taste and sound. I, I, I'm glad you said sound because that was, as you could tell, we had, this was not pre-done at all. Um, sight and sound, as I was thinking about our experiences in life and what dictates most of how we experience life, um, I feel like for me in, in particular, it's definitely sight and then sound is secondary, right? Like I think about how much I listen to music, like it's always on in our house. Um, It's just a big part of our experience. And I was thinking about how sight and sound is such a big part of our faith, too. Like, if you were to break down the story we're going to look at today in Luke chapter 1, I think it's broken down around these two senses. Like, what happens when our faith, what happens to our lives, when everything we see tells us a story that isn't a God story, And what happens when we don't hear God speaking in the midst of like those circumstances? What do we do in that season? Um, So we're gonna look at two characters that come out of one story, two that are foundational to the the Christmas story. And um, 
If you have your Bibles, you can flip to Luke chapter one. We're gonna start in verse 26. Um, Trevor, will you read, um, read 26? I'll tell you when to stop. Okay. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Okay, pause right there. So this is what we know. This is gonna, we're starting with main character Mary. Now we're gonna come back to this verse in a second. So I wanna tell you a little bit about like how the betrothal process works because this is like an important part of the process. So it's betrothal, it's like a two-stage marriage process. Like, so you would do this public, formal, witnessed agreement. And then about a year later, you, there would actually be a marriage, right? So you would get betrothed, it'd be a public thing, sort of like an engagement, this is gonna happen. And then probably around a year later, the actual marriage would happen. And um, in the first century, it, it's crazy to think about this, but betrothal could happen as young as the age of 12. Like that is very common, uh, very much part of the custom. So theologians, when we talk about Mary, they think, man, she's somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16. Like, she's a kid. Like, if you can even imagine, how old were we when we had daily? You were 23? So, I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, being that young and facing what Mary's going to face. All right, so pick up, um, pick up, and uh, keep reading. Good. So uh, the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So anybody else troubled if an angel comes in and you're 16 years old and says, hey, um, you highly favored. Like, if you, like, put yourself in that spot for a second. You, you're a kid and an angel shows up in your room and says, hey, I need to talk to you. So just start this off by saying you're already freaked out. You're already absolutely freaked out, right? Freaked out. Um, okay, keep going. I was just imagining my, like this happening to my kids, though. I think they would probably talk to the, like, it's like, an oh, my, it's like an imaginary friend. Yeah, at 16, it's like, yeah, I have an imaginary friend, an angel, and of course you do. All right, read the verse. <laughs> but the angel said to her, yeah, you're right. Okay, great. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And now Mary responds, and this is what Mary says. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. All right, pause right there. Do you, you're, you're 16. You have an angel come into your room and then say, you're going to be pregnant. And Mary's like, uh, yeah, that, I mean, I'm 16, but I'm pretty sure somebody explained to me how this works. No, I'm not, because I'm a virgin. Yeah. And this angel says, yeah, you are going to be pregnant. At this point, I don't know if you've had one of these moments where your whole life just slows down and goes into slow-mo. You've got to imagine, like those of you who need to imagine, this kid gets told, yeah, you're magically pregnant. We were, um, this just happened to us last week in terms of life, life slowing down. 
um, we're headed to the airport to pick up daily for Thanksgiving. And um, we were in my car and I was actually talking to Corbin, who's right behind the camera right now. And we were talking about Steve getting COVID and uh, I hit a patch of ice and our car went into a, on a highway into a spin. And it was like, life slowed down, you, you know? It was like. Yeah, no, it was, it was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. We slid into the ditch, into one of those like cable. I kept having the conversation. I, I went into the skid and I went, Corbin, we're sliding into the ditch. And it was like, <laughs> everything slowed down. Into the cabling we went and I was like, hey man, I gotta call you back, I just wrecked my car. <laughs> It, there's these moments where life like slows down. And I think about Mary, and I think she has one of these moments where life slows down, and she thinks about what is happening. Now think, think about what she was just told, okay? Now in our culture, it'd be one thing to be pregnant at 16. Uh, it happens, but in her culture, um, this is devastating, right? Um, Joseph's going to divorce her. Like, this is what's running through her slow motion. I'm betrothed. Joseph's going to divorce me because he's never going to believe that an angel came to me and said that I'm going to be pregnant. I'm never going to be marryable. Like, I'm damaged goods. Like, nobody will ever marry me. Um, Joseph could take her dowry, could take everything that came because she would have been unfaithful. Um, she could be executed. And she's thinking, who's going to believe me that an angel came and said this to me because this is not even remotely believable, right? You think this young kid is sitting in that moment as life slows down and she's like, everything that I'm seeing, this is not gonna turn out good for me. Like, this is just not going to turn out good. And if you think like she's betrothed, this is like a big day in her life, this is not the way it was supposed to go. Like the way she sees it, it just plays out in front of her. It's like, this isn't the way it's supposed to go. And yet, in spite of everything that Mary sees, everything that she sees, I love her response. It looks absolutely awful. And yet she says this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, if I'm in her shoes, I'm like, no, mm -mm. nope, nope, take it back, <laughs> take it back, rewind this tape. I'm not going through this. I'm not gonna do that. This will ruin my life. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary says, in spite of what I see, like what I see with my eyes, I believe, I'm gonna believe you have a plan. Even though I know there's no way this could work out, I'm gonna believe what you tell me is true. It's like she wrapped her mind around Proverbs 3, 5, you know, this idea that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. She believed God must have a plan. She didn't see why, but I will still. She said, I don't see how you can, but I will still. I don't see how this is gonna work, but it's like you see this resolve that she was gonna trust in the Lord with all of her heart, even though she didn't see how this was gonna work out. And, and I've been thinking about this because as a church, as a church family, um, 
Like this has been one of the hardest seasons this last like 18 months as a church. It's been one of our hardest seasons as a church. Like we all know it, everybody who's watching, we know this has been really tough. And then Chrissy and I have stepped into our old home church and leading the church in the midst of COVID. And we've, we've faced unprecedented financial challenges. We've seen um, giving drop by 35%. And, and everything on the surface, if I'm like being honest as your pastor has said, I don't know how this is gonna work in the midst of COVID with all the change. Um, we know we wanna build a church that looks like Rockford. This has been absolutely mission critical and, and we believe and yet, um, we, we find ourselves as a church in this spot where there are mornings where I wake up and I'm like, God, I don't see how it's all gonna work because this COVID thing isn't going away. And, and then we were given this opportunity. Providence Baptist called and said, you know that, that uh, ministry center on the west side of town that uh, you wanted to step in and help with? We need a new roof. And I said, well, how much will that cost? And they're like, well, it's gonna cost almost $20,000. And so I went, okay. And so we gave away almost $20,000 to help a ministry center that'll serve Blackhawk and Providence Baptist and all that um, Pastor Bill Martin is doing. And then I got a call from a female church planner. And she said, we're planting a church. And I said, well, we want to help plant your church. And so we sent um, last week $5,000 to a church plant. Honestly, we could have used that money here, but there are moments in our lives when we have to see beyond what we see. Like we have to sense beyond what we see. And that was Mary, that in spite of everything that she saw, she had to believe God has a plan. And he does for us as a church. And he does for us as individuals. But I think too often we get so locked into what we see that we cannot move beyond. Like, because it's such a defining part of our reality, right? I mean, this is the story of Mary. But there's a second story that I think equally speaks to us. Like, what do we do when... Everything we see doesn't make sense. And what do we do when, like, what we hear when we don't hear anything? So um, go to Luke, and we're going to rewind. And Trevor, I want you to read um, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Start in verse 5. Read that real quick. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Okay, so uh, Zechariah, Elizabeth, they're from a religious family. So like they grew up in a, in a pastor's home. So um, that's like first thing you need to know. Okay, keep, go to verse six, read that. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Okay, so what they're saying is, is these two got up and did their Bible studies every morning, okay? So this is what Chrissy does every single morning. Every morning when I come on and she, I turn on the news, she's like, turn the news off. I'm in the middle of my Bible study. I have to go in the other room. So that's what they did. Now, these two, they love God. They kept his commandments. They did everything they were supposed to do, right? And yet, they also understood that this promise that was promised to us to them so long ago about deliverance, it, it never had happened, right? They had seen good kings, they'd seen bad kings. They had seen Israel change hands over 25 times. The Persians, the Syrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, right? Um, half the time, they didn't have an army, they were exiled for 70 years. Let's just say that these faithful people who loved God with all their heart, like so many of us, knew the promise that one day like God was gonna send a Messiah and, and that this nation was gonna be great, 
all they had seen was destruction, right? That's all they had ever seen. In fact, Romans branded Jews as atheists. They said they're weirdos. They do weird things. So it's not just that they were like always oppressed. They were continually looked down on by the people that, o- that oversaw them, right? And then you add on top of that, here's this faithful guy who loves God, faithful, does his Bible studies every day, loves God. In 65 BC, he would have been around, he would have been a kid when um, Pompey the Great marched into Jerusalem. He went into Jerusalem to show the Jews that their God wasn't so powerful. And you remember the Holy of Holies, the Jews believed if you went in there, you die. Pompey the Great, walks to the temple, walks into the Holy of Holies, walks around, walks out. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So he would have been a kid who would have seen that happen, right? And and in that moment, think about it. Giving your life to God, you've done everything he's asked you to do. You show up at church every single week. You read your Bible. And if you've ever been in a spot where you're like, God, where in the world are you? Where are you? Like, I do all this stuff. Why is it that you're silent You're silent. Now read verse 7. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Okay, so not only is God silent, the one thing they ask for, the one thing you want, God doesn't give it to them. I mean, you ever been in a spot where you think, so this is what faithfulness gets me. So this is what I get. I knew what I knew as a kid and I stayed faithful. I I see what I see as an adult. I've stayed faithful. And this is what it gets me. Now, of course, in verse 18, an angel shows up and says to him that they're going to have, they're going to have a baby. And he responds back in verse 18. He says, well, how can this be? Because I'm old, right? Because at this point, God's been silent for so long. When he actually speaks, the temptation is to doubt it. That's just what we do. When God's been silent for a long time and he finally speaks, the first thing you do is you would think he would rejoice and be like, he's finally cut all my faithfulness. It's paid (laughs) off. Instead, he goes, that's not possible. That ain't it. Yeah, that ain't it. And that's what we do all the time. God finally speaks. He's been silent for so long. We can't believe that this silent God now is going to speak. So we talk back and go, yep, no, you're not. You've been silent for all these years. And of course, um, the angel says in verse 19, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I've sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you're gonna be silent. You're not going to speak because you didn't believe. So he just closed his mouth. He says, "Um, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So this is what's key. In spite of what we see, and in moments of God's silence, I think think silence is is such a tough thing because silence makes us feel forgotten. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to see the world and see like, you know, how things are going. It's another to feel like God's forgotten you. To feel like, he doesn't care. Like, I've been faithful and I'm, I have all this stuff happen to me. There's something, there's something terrible about that. And yet, I said this in a message um, last year. 
that God has your trial circled on his calendar, that he has your this day circled on his calendar. And for Zechariah, all those moments that he felt forgotten, you could almost see God going, just hold on. Like, I have an appointed time. It's circled on my calendar. I know it feels like I'm being silent. I'm just being patient. Just hold on. You know, God was gearing up for what God had always planned to do, right? This is what he was always planned to do. And a young woman chose to believe God in spite of what she saw. And an old couple chose to lean in even when they saw nothing but silence or heard nothing but silence. Mm -hmm. And look, this is our story, guys. This is our story, Harlan. That there will be times in our Christian life when we feel like, man, we've been waiting and wondering and hoping that something would happen. Like we have been praying for miracles, except we don't see miracles. We don't hear God. You begin to ask questions like, does God really have a plan for me? Does God really going to change something for me? And how do you know, Eric? How do you know God's going to show up? Because of Christmas. Because of this story. That's why. Like in every generation, every generation, we have people who choose to believe in spite of what they see and to lean in even when it seems like God's been silent. Now there's a bunch of people who don't, that give up, who lose heart, But I think Christmas, especially in this season, we need to remind each other constantly, don't give up. Don't. I know that God, it may not look like anything around you is working right. It may feel like God's been silent. But he is at work. Why do I know this? Because of Christmas. He's at work in every one of our lives. He's circled that date on his calendar. And so my challenge for you, Heartland, is that if you find yourself in a season when you feel like God's been silent or everything you see says a story that isn't about triumph for you, everything you see is about death and destruction, get up and say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Get up. Put one foot in front of the other this day. And if it doesn't happen and your miracle isn't today, then tomorrow, get up and say the same thing. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And if not today, then tomorrow, get up. Put another foot in front of that foot and take another step and say, I'm God's servant and I'm telling you, there will come a day when you get up and what you will see is your miracle. Mm -hmm. But you gotta get up. You have to do it in spite of what you see, in spite of your silence. And our challenge this Christmas is to lean on Christmas, lean on it, as truth that God does have an appointed time for you. It will come.
when um, when has been, when has there been a time in your life when y- y- you felt like um, you needed God to show up and He did? God has really just been showing up all over my life. It's yeah. from my childhood to my teen years, losing my mom and like. Mm feeling lost and responsible for my two younger siblings and just feeling like um, even like I didn't I didn't have a chance to mourn properly because I was so worried about them mm. and making sure that they didn't feel a void um, and I just remember like before college like praying like god i'm about to go away for college like and i'm like so scared like i need you to come through for me like so that my siblings are okay um and i don't feel like i'm abandoning them when we've already lost like the biggest part of our lives like and it i can just say like there's never been a moment where i feel like he hasn't been there for them and there's never been a moment where I feel like he hasn't been there for me. Mm-hmm. And just moment after moment, situation after situation, he's always come through in a way that's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's nowhere in my life where I could have said, hey, I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there's never been a place in my life where I can say, well, I wish that didn't happen. Like, obviously, you wish you don't lose a parent, but, like, I can say with confidence I'm okay, and I can say with confidence that I think there was a purpose behind it. Um, I don't know if I'd know God the way I do know God had I lost her because she was, like, like a clutch almost. And um, I don't know if I'd be here today if I hadn't. Like gone through that 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 pain, so I don't know. He's been evident in my life and in every way. Mm. Mm. I think that's it, right? We we go through these moments of pain or silence, and it is like we have to we have to. Sometimes we have to use the past to get even through these moments that will come, because Jesus says, you know, we talked about this in this last series. Clouds come. And sometimes we use what he has done to help us put our foot in front of the other foot in this moment where we get up and go, he's got a promise. How do I know? Well, because of Christmas, because you got a Christmas story and you got a Christmas story and you have a Christmas story and you have one and you have one. And we reflect back and it helps us get up and go, I'm going to take a step, put this foot in front of this foot because I know, I know like God has a plan in spite of what I see or his silence. Oh, wow. Okay, so mine is actually, I mean, I feel like it's a really dramatic story. But um, so we lived in Colorado when Daly was a toddler. And Eric's sister had moved into the area. And so she started watching Daly for us. But the commute from her apartment to my job was like 35 minutes. And on this day, I was running really late and... You know, it's like you get every single red light and, you know, it's like all of that. Well, um, you know, side note is that, like, I've struggled most since puberty with depression and suicidal thoughts. And it's something that I've had treatment for, I've been to therapy for. 
and you know, in this moment of my life, I think I was, I was doing better than most, but, but I, I was at a stoplight and I was, I was the first in line to turn left and the stoplight was in more residential areas. So there was tall trees and homes. And so you couldn't see like the traffic coming from the other direction Mm -hmm. and the light had turned green and I was supposed to go. And I heard a voice say, don't go. Hmm. And so I hesitated. And sure enough, this massive semi Mm. comes barreling through the intersection Mm. at 45 miles an hour. Mm. I would have been killed instantly. Mm. Like, it would have been instantaneous. Mm. And so, but, like, so I see the semi go through, and I was like, oh, like, it didn't even register until after I turned left. And then, like, it just hit me, like, like you know, God wants me here. Yeah, wow. Uh, <laughs> that I'm, 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 I'm meant to be here. Yeah. And so much so that he was willing to speak directly, and then I, I heard it, mm-hmm. and I hesitated. So mm. that was, a, that was a, a big moment for me. Well, I think that's so important because... I think so often when we're lost, when we feel like we don't hear God or we can't see our way out of it, we don't recognize the little tiny ways, the little tiny miracles, and it's a pretty big miracle, but little tiny ways that God is at work. Like, you just don't see them. You can't feel them. And I think one of the worst things about God's silence is that it makes you feel unimportant. It makes you feel like, like when, when God is silent, it almost feels like, I'm worthless. If I wasn't worthless, he would be at work. He'd be talking to me. When in actuality, there are a thousand little things we don't see, we barely see that. Um, you, you know, oftentimes when we look back, it's the little things that happen, the little moments, the, 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 the smallest things um, that lead to like this moment of deliverance. But I think for us, to understand and to share in this space, this reality that we all have a Christmas story. Like our stories, that's not a story from 2000 years ago. It's being manifest over and over. And for all of us, you have a Christmas story. Um, It's just true. Wherever you find yourself this season, I think our challenge for you is to get up and to know that God is at work and that your miracle's coming. I don't know when, I I don't have a calendar that'll tell me any more than you do, but it is evident in just a room this small, God is doing miracles all the time. Five random people who honestly all have stories of God's miracle and his deliverance. And if it's true for us, it's true for you. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna encourage you this Christmas season, don't give up. In spite of what you see, don't give up. Even if God seems silent, he is at work and he has your appointed day. It's coming. Let me pray for us. God, give us faith in this season to get up and put one foot in front of the other. To believe in spite of what we see, to have faith even when you seem silent, to know that you are work on our behalf, that you are working for our good, that you have a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope, and a future. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
You've been listening to Pastor Eric Parks with part one of the series, This is Christmas? You can experience the service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page, or go to our YouTube channel at heartlandcc.rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.